0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Church of Christ, where our goal is to lead generations into a life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. Good morning, church. So uh, if you're new here or if maybe you just don't recognize me, my name is Brandon. I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, really glad that you're here. If you're joining us online, we're glad that you're uh, joining us as well. Uh, so I am grateful for our elder team, grateful for our staff, grateful for all of you. Um, I was, for those of you who don't know, I was uh, away for a mini sabbatical of three weeks. And, um, you know, the thing is about that is like at, by the time I got toward the end of the third week, something shifted in my, in my soul. Um, I just started to feel the, the best word I can come up with is, is light. I felt some lightness. Um, you know, because I know what you know about living in this world. Like, there's a lot of reasons why we would have heavy hearts. There's a lot of reasons why we could, like, kind of just operate with a, a heavy heart in life, right? There's a lot of things that can stress us out. And if you just think about how life has changed over the last few years, you know, isolation has increased. Like, maybe some of you um, have relationships, like, maybe less relationships than you did before. All, everything changed and um, maybe the, some relationships changed uh, altogether. Um, and, and with that, there's been an increase in prevalence of social media. So a lot of us, we interact with people more through screens than in person. Um, and that has an effect. And, you know, if you think about it, like maybe some of us, and maybe many of us, we, we have this greater level of just suspicion when it comes to people. Um, and, and, and that's a real thing. And, you know, that's just like, as it is now. And then we've got, you know, obviously this thing called inflation and there's just a lot of things. Can we just all admit that life can be hard? They can just be difficult, right? There's there just be some stuff that we're all dealing with. Like no matter as, if they're smiling on the outside, the person you're looking at, um, throughout your life, the, the people you come into contact with, there are people who are dealing with stuff that you just don't know about and you may not see it right away. Uh, But if that's not enough, like if you just think about, you know, the present, but then you start thinking about the future, there's a lot of things that have a heavy heart when it comes to the future as well. It's almost like we're all kind of just holding our breath and waiting for the next global crisis. Uh, You ever feel that? Like just kind of, we're just kind of waiting for the next thing to happen. Uh, and, And there's this organization, a nonprofit called the World Economic Forum, it's a kind of... Collection of, uh, of, of government leaders and corporate leaders throughout the globe and university professors who meet on an annual basis and they talk about global issues. And the World Economic Forum has become, become a lot more paid attention to over the last number of years. And, and the main reason is because back in 2019, they did a coronavirus pandemic simulation in 2019. Uh, a coronavirus pandemic simulation at the scale of what we ended up seeing. ...when it came to 2020. So a lot of people were like, whoa, what's going on with this group, right? And so they started paying attention. They just had their uh, most recent annual meeting... Talking about a lot of global issues, and they did some, they did a report, the Cybersecurity Outlook in 2023, and they, they sur- surveyed a bunch of different cybersecurity, um, experts and business leaders around the globe, and what they found was that, that 93% of cybersecurity experts and 86% of global business leaders in that, uh, in that a- a- arena believe that in the next two years there will, there could be, um, some kind of extreme, cataclysmic, global cyber attack that would impact our uh, everyone's cybersecurity and, like, impact if you impact the internet and impact all the technology connected to it, you're impacting most of life today. And so, like, a lot of people are, like, looking at that and they're getting fearful of, of what could happen. And then you start thinking about lately there's been, um, a lot of news headlines filled with artificial intelligence in the headline, things that are going on because of the, this thing called ChatGPT started, um, l- late last year. And, and, and people are, like, kind of just fascinated with it. There's a hundred million users of ChatGPT. And then there's, there's all these other things because, you know, as you start talking about AI and a lot of people, think about this and talk about this already and work in it. But for, for now, like because of all the headlines, people are starting to think about it and talk about it at a very public scale. And so a lot of people are just kind of sharing their concerns and sharing their optimism. Uh, some of the concerns are related to the AI technology coupled with like virtual reality technology uh, to where, where people are worried that, that we're going to just increasingly become more uh, interested in fantasy versus reality. Like You go to this fantasy world where it's like immersive and you can just be this different person um, compared to in real life where you've got problems. People are going to prefer to just be in fantasy all the time. And others are concerned about AI and, and, and governments using that to kind of take on a mass surveillance that would make even George Orwell, author of 1984, blush. Like, there's just all these, like, concerns that, that, in, in this world are, are having, um, and, and, and you start thinking about that, like, you think about social media, if you think social media is, is kind of crazy right now, or kind of, uh, just, like, dysfunctional, think about this, AI technology is gonna allow, um, and already is, this thing called deep fakes. Deep fakes, okay. So, like, there's this, basically, you can do this through images or video. So, you take a picture of someone and the computer machine learning, all this stuff. I don't understand it, but maybe, maybe somebody does. I, obviously, somebody does. Um, and they change the image that, like, the person basically make it look like somebody else. Uh, where this gets really weird is in video, like, if, if the computer is able to, like, you record a video of someone talking and saying certain things. Then the you, in 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 post edit, you take that file and the computer can then change the image, like who is on the video, and change their voice to make it sound like someone. It, it it can be like a fun thing for jokes, like look what I just made someone you know such and such say. Send it to your buddy. You made him say something really dumb, right? Or. Uh, somebody who's like a a shady person does that and they're really skilled at it and they can make some government leader say something that if they said it and it was broadcast to everyone, it would make things uh, just spurn into chaos, right? Um, So like there's a lot of things when you think about the future that that we're going to be dealing with. Like there's just a lot of changes have happened and a lot of changes are coming. And I know what a lot of you are thinking like, man, Brandon was gone for three weeks and now he's just (laughs) off the deep end. (laughs) Like, what just happened? Like, what is he talking about? These are just things, like, that people are concerned about when it comes to the future. And, and, and like, the thing is, for you and me, uh, as followers of Jesus, um, we know who's on the throne. We know who holds the future. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. We know what, what he's doing on the throne. And, and the question is, like, in a, in a society that is going to become increasingly more anxious, what do we, as followers of Jesus, do in a world like that? in a world that is changing so quickly, in a, cha- in a world that is filled with, with people who are just stressed out out of their minds, just on basic stuff in life, because that's always been hard, but then they're starting to think about the future and like what that might bring, and they're just, they're just stressed out and, and anxious. What do we do as followers of Jesus in a world like that? And, and that's really what I want to talk about today, and I want to give you the bottom line here at the, at the front. This is what I want you to know. You are a walking testimony of the goodness of God when you honor him in troubling times. You are, I am, you are a walking testimony of the goodness of God when you honor him in troubling times. And many people believe, and many people experience right now that this is troubling times. Whether that be for, for you at your household, or for you at work, or for us on a, on a society scale, or us on a global scale. People, many people have many reasons to believe that we are in the midst of troubling times. And so what do we do as followers of Jesus? I, I, the rest of our time together, what I want to do is to, to talk about how we can honor God in the midst of troubling times. With, with all the things maybe that, are, that are, ha- are going to happen in the future, 10 years from now, we may look back and be like, man, things, are, things have become very weird, right? Um, in a world like that, what do we do to honor God in the midst of troubling times? That's what I want to talk about. And so what we're going to do is, uh, I want to give you three pairs of words from three different passages of scripture that all together we're going to braid them together all together are going to present to us a picture of what it looks like to honor jesus in the midst of troubling times no matter what the future holds no matter what kinds of things you worry about this is this is the call this is what we do as as jesus followers no matter what the future holds this is what we do. So um, if you have a Bible, we're going to be uh, in three different passages. The first one is John chapter 16, verse 33. Here's the two words from that passage that I want to point to you as we get started. Calm and courageous. If you want to honor Jesus in the midst of troubling times, um, calm and courageous. See, I know some of you, like what I just shared with you earlier, are, is not news to you. You've already been, you've already like been in this. Um, you've been aware of these things. But in the midst of that, like, calm and courageous is the rally cry of the follower of Jesus. Calm and courageous. This is what Jesus says in John 16, um, verse 33. This is what Jesus says to his disciples. I have told you these things so that in me you may have, what's that word, church? You may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. woo Yay! Thanks, Jesus. Be, what's that word, church? Be courageous. I have conquered the world. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Jesus did not make us, he did not inform us and help us uh, put our heads in the sand. He said, you, you will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. So in the midst of this, in the context of what Jesus is saying, uh, this is on the heels of, of, of Jesus telling them, Hey, just so you know, I'm going to be going away from you here soon, and, and but I'm going to send you a helper. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. He's going to be your comforter. He's going to be the one who helps you do all the things that I've commanded of you. Um, he's going to be with you wherever it is that you go. God will be with you with you. You will not be alone, but you're going to see me die on a cross and, and, and then rise from the grave and then ascend to heaven. I'm not going to be here in the same way that I'm here right now. So he's trying to prepare their hearts for what is coming because Jesus was going to leave them, but he's going to send the Holy Spirit to come upon them. So so they were going to be able to walk with God, even in the midst of all of the things that are coming. And he wanted to warn them that, that hey. Even though I'm going to be leaving, you can have peace in me. You can be courageous why I have conquered the world. Jesus has conquered the world. So because of that, we can be calm. What does Jesus say? We can be calm. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. I'm going to use the word calm because uh, in in our society right now, if if you think about all these things, like we have access to so much information, it can make us stressed out out of our minds, and then we can start thinking about like, okay, where is God in all this? Where is God in all this? And we can we can become people who do not point people to the goodness of God because we're frantic and afraid, just like they are, as if God is not on the throne. But He's calling us to be calm. To be calm because anxiety can spread. He's calling us to be people who are calm. Why? Because we know the truth. And that is God, That is God's got this. We don't have to be frantic. We have peace in Jesus. Jesus accomplished peace for us. That yes, we may live in a world that lacks peace. But because we surrender to Jesus, if you surrender to Jesus, he has given you his peace. So that no longer do you walk with shame. No longer do you walk with guilt. But now you walk in freedom in him. So he, he, he's empowering us to be calm, but also courageous. We're not going to just be like chill, but we're also going to be courageous. What, is, what does he say? You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. You see, church, like there's, there's so many people... In our world today, who, because of the, the society we live in, because they are becoming less and less uh, approving of an orthodox view of things, an orthodox Christian view of things, uh, a biblical view of things, whether that be through uh, politics or uh, sexuality or gender, what, what, all the things, right? There is becoming more increasingly combatant to hold to a biblical view of things. And so what that means is like some people have chosen, you know what? Um... I'm going to change the way I believe. Like, like, maybe there's something to this. Maybe God didn't really mean that. Maybe, maybe God didn't really mean this, which I'll remind you is exactly what Satan said to Adam and Eve to, to encourage them to sin. So may be, it's, maybe God didn't really say that. But, but so God's given us, Jesus has given us, given us a picture to be calm people who are secure in the peace that God has brought us and also courageous people who are willing to stand on what we know God has said in the midst of a world that may not like that. That's, that doesn't mean we beat people over the head with our beliefs, but we stand firm in what we believe. We are calm and courageous. And that coupling of those two words is really important because, you know, like this is not Braveheart kind of courage. Like, freedom! Let's go. you know, like, this, this is a calm courage that we live in the midst of this world and we point people to Jesus even no matter how crazy it gets. And, that, and like calm and courageous, that's a very different picture than agitated and cowardly. Right? Like think about it. It's very easy this, in this day to get agitated. There's so many things that you can find that will get you upset. Just spend like three seconds on your phone. Open up social media. You, you got plenty to open up the news headlines. You can get anything like you can find something to be agitated about and frustrated about. And, and the, the, the frustrating thing for, for all of us is like when we get agitated and then like we, we just got get so frustrated with everything that we're just like, you know what, just, just get rid of it all. And that's cowardly. That's cowardly. When, when, when all you want to do is break things down, and not build things up, you know, if you're just running from something and not going towards something. That's cowardly. It takes courage to say, I, okay, we're going to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of heaven. That, that, is a, that is a better picture than what this world is offering. And that requires us to build towards something. Right? To be salt and light. To so not just, not be armchair quarterbacks like, yep, this world's just terrible. These people are stupid. Like, what in the world's going on with this world? And we just sit back and watch it all happen. Got my popcorn. Let me just watch it happen. But a calm and courageous person is the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Which means salt, in order for it to be effective, has to be connected to the thing it's trying to preserve and the thing it's trying to get better. Right? So we, we must be calm and courageous. But not just that. Also, aware and surrendered. Aware and surrendered. Not just calm, like chill. Hey. hey. Courageous, like, yeah. I'm, re- I'm, I'm willing to stand up. But aware and surrendered. This this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, uh, starting in verse 16. He says, look, 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 I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. That'd be fun, right? Wow. Therefore, be as shrewd as serpents and, and, and as innocent as doves. Beware of them because they will hand you over to local courts and flog you in their synagogues. You will even be brought before governors and kings because of me to bear witness to them and to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you are to speak. For you will be given what to say at that hour, because it isn't you speaking, but the spirit of your father is speaking through you. So, so calm and courageous and aware and surrendered. Aware and surrendered. Jesus said, hey, hey, look, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. You should know this. So, so the context here is Jesus was sending out the disciples to go out and proclaim the good news of the kingdom of heaven to the Jewish people. And, and, and Jesus well knew that the, the environment that they were going out to, to proclaim the kingdom of heaven, was going to be a hostile one toward them. Like, yes, some people would follow the call that Jesus is Messiah, but some people wouldn't. And not only would they not follow him, but they would be... Um, apprehensive and even uh, hostile toward that kind of news. And so he said, hey, you, you should be you should be aware of this. Look, I'm trying to tell you, here's what reality is. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never watched the documentary where a sheep and a wolf have battled and it working out well for a sheep. Have you? No, no. And, and, and so, like, he's saying, hey, you're sheep among wolves. And I know, like, some of you are like, oh, call me a sheep. Uh, you know, but I mean, here's the thing. Jesus called you a sheep. But remember who your shepherd is. Him. Okay? He'll protect you from the wolf. But he's saying, as you are a sheep among wolves, like, if you're not careful, you will be taken out. You need to be aware. You need to, you need to see what is going on. Like, be aware of the, uh, the, the, the traps that are set before you. He, he specifically says this, um, talking about being aware. I'm sending you out. Like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as serpents. Beware of them. When they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you are to speak, for you will be given what to say at that hour. You just need to know. There are going to be moments where the, the, the situation is going to be stressful, it's going to be beyond you, but God will be with you in it, and He will give you the words to say when that happens. Be shrewd. As serpents. What does that mean? Be as shrewd as a serpent? Because like, like last time I knew in, in Genesis chapter 3, the serpent was the bad guy, you know? So like, be as shrewd as serpents. Well, Jesus is comparing the, the good parts of a serpent and he's saying, be, be shrewd, be wise. Have an acute judgment on, on discerning what is around you. Like, don't fall for the traps that are set before you. Be aware of what is going on. Like, you don't just put your head in the sand and be like, oh, I just... I'll trust God and I'm just going like, to try and ignore everything. And he wants you to have your eyes opened to be able to see and be able to respond because you're aware. You're not going to fall for the devil's traps. Um, just in this, as an example, let me just make an, an, an example for, for instance. Like, What are you talking about, Brandon? Okay, here's, here's one thing. Um, the two school systems in Seattle have recently um, sued opened up a court case and sued um, the various social media companies. And the reason why is they, they've, they've seen the effects that social media has had on the young people in their schools. Um, anxiety and depression have been at an all-time high. Um, and, and they are accusing the social media companies um, of, of using the algorithms to hijack brain the, the way our brains work to get people to stay addicted... And focused and, and eventually leading to anxiety and depression. And, and they're saying, hey, like they need to stop this. Like they, they knowing they are knowingly manipulating people's like brains. Like they know how brains work and they are using the algorithm to manipulate things. And and so they are like saying, hey, like this is not good for us. This is not good for our kids. And and so like, the, like we just have to remember, you know, when we allow a young person or even allow ourselves like to have unfiltered access to one of these devices, you have access to literally everything in the world, good, bad, and horrendously ugly. And, 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 and so like, it's not just like, you know, school systems taking a stand or like saying, Hey, this isn't right. The way these things are operating, they're knowingly manipulating things. Like it's, it's not just that, but like as parents, like we have to like make sure we're, protecting our kids, right? I don't know, like, well, everyone's got a phone, right? Everyone's got, got it. But, like, that's a conversation in our household. Like, okay, is this good for us? Is this, and it's not just for kids, but it's for us too. Like, we have to be discerning on the things that we are presented with as things that we interact with in this world. Is this good for me? Is this good for them? So, like, that's a conversation Sarah and I are having about for our oldest. Like, Okay, it'd be nice to be able to get in touch with her when she's at dance or like, you know, if something happened or just even have a phone at home that they can call their friends on, like, you know, have real phone conversations like most of us did when we were young, you know, just call our friends on the phone, and like talk, you know. Um, but like, okay, do I, am I going to give her one of these? No. Not right now. I don't think she has the brain capacity and like the maturity to handle it. And half the time, I don't think we do, Right. It's just so like, okay, be aware. And and that means that we're going to have to like be aware of what's going on and and then do something about it. But the way we go about doing something about it is in light of what uh, we see God saying. And that is why we are surrendered as well. So calm and courageous, aware and surrendered, surrendered. This is what, this is what Jesus says. Be as innocent as doves. It isn't you speaking, but the spirit of your father is speaking through you. Be innocent as doves. Last time I checked, no one looked at a dove and was like, worried that it's going to kill me, you know, like that thing might just pop off and hurt me. No, like, it, it, no, it's, it's a dove. No one looked at a sheep and like, well, I'm worried about that. You know, a wolf. Well, they're okay. Now we're talking something to be aware of something, but, but he says, be innocent as doves. And so what he's saying is be surrendered to him. So, okay, calm and courageous. How do we, ha- how do we have courage? How do we, we're calm and courageous, aware and surrendered? Okay, the surrendered piece is really important when it comes to the courage. So, like, as, like I said, it's not brave heart, like, oh yeah, we're gonna fight people and punch them in the mouth and, you know, all that stuff. Like, no, like, he's calling us to, to be followers of Jesus who, in the armor of God, we have one offensive weapon and that is the word of God. The word of truth. That is what we have. Um, otherwise, God calls us in the way we interact with the world and the way we interact with people is to love him first and then to love people. Like, that is our that is our battle plan. And that's so, like, just, yeah. Like, we know we're going to win. It's like, yeah, I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to, all that adrenaline. Like, I'm ready for the day. I'm going to love them well. Right? Yeah! just loved you so good. Like that, you know, that's just, it's counterintuitive. We're supposed to be calm and courageous, aware and surrendered. We're surrendered to King Jesus first. And so what do we call people to as we're being courageous? We call them to the kingdom of heaven. We call them to Jesus. We call them to the abundant life that Jesus promises that we can have. The enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came so that we can have life and life to the full. Um, we need to be aware of the things that will hinder us from flourishing and thriving. And we also need to be surrendered to him first and foremost, not surrendered to the world. Um, so, so calm and courageous, aware and surrendered. Aware and surrendered. That means we are focused on what he is saying. And and the whole surrender piece is so important because in, in recent years, and, and this has been true all the time, but because of the internet, we are so aware of all the things um, Y'all we, we, we have a generation of people who are like not sure that they can believe um, the Christians in their lives because every time they look up they see a pastor or a Christian completely losing their mind and, and not acting as though as someone who surrendered to Jesus. Like our testimony, our walking testimony is hindered when we don't honor Jesus. And so we need to honor him. So we, 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 we're calm, we're courageous, we're aware of things, but we're surrendered to him first. And, and, and then we move to the next thing. We're calm and courageous, aware and surrendered, and present and loving. Present and loving. You know, some of us, we can be calm and courageous, aware and surrendered, but, but, we, but we, don't, we don't interact with anybody. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't spend time with people. And so it's just like, yep, we're, we're calm, courageous, aware, and surrender. But we have no avenue to actually facilitate that. But, but Jesus is calling us to be present and loving. In fact, one of Jesus' um, followers, closest followers, his name's Peter. He was a guy who was very quick to be courageous, but not very calm. Um, you know, dude pulled out a sword, cut dude's ear off when they were going to uh, arrest Jesus. Um, he was always the one to spout off at his mouth, like, real quick. Like, if you've got a friend that's always saying something... It's like Peter, right? And just, hey, just know that God's got more plans for them. He, he can work on them because Peter became a completely different person as he followed Jesus and as he got older in life. So this is what we see him saying in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. Probably not what we would expect Peter to say, um, but this is what he says. The end of all things is near. All right. Okay. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides, so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. And the church said, amen. The, the end of all things is near. Yeah. So depending on like how many movies you've watched or how many books you've read, you know, if you've like, I don't have time to deal with this, but like if you're super into left behind, like you may look at the end of all things and being like completely chaotic and crazy. We lose our minds, everybody. But, but that's not what Peter says. The end of all things is near. And so, like, okay, the end of all things is near. What do we do? We're, this is it's all about to be done. Jesus is about to, about to remake and renew everything, right? He's going to make a new heaven, a new earth, and then we're going to be able to be with him forever. Like, okay, he's going to deal with all the, all the people who, who didn't follow him and, and were, were disobedient. And Okay, the end of all things is near. What should we do at the end? Okay, it's got to be big. It's got to be verbose. What do we do as followers of Jesus? What does he say? Be present and loving. Be present and loving. Be hospitable to one another. Above all, maintain constant love for one another. All right, guys, we're going to the final round. It's the final round. It's the final countdown. Yeah. What do we do? What's our plan? We're at 18. Set, hike, you know. I'm trying to provide some comic relief, because I know this is heavy, right? <laughs> you know? The end of all things is there: be present and loving. Here's our plan. All right, guys. It's fourth quarter. Have people in your home. Be hospitable. Spend time with people. Maintain constant love for one another. Be present and be loving. It's almost like there's some consistency here on what God has called us to do. Be present. Have people in your home. Be with people. And I know, like, I get it, right? Like, some of us, we get to the end of the day and, and we've had maybe a string of, of weeks that were just, you know, they were some weeks. And you're just like, I'm done peopling. Right? Like, anybody? I do. Like, I have to remind myself be present. Love. Okay, Brandon. Be present and loving, like somebody's like, yeah, uh, done peopling. This is, this is the call. Be, be present, be, be loving, maintain constant love for one another. Like, that's what it comes down to. The end of all things is near. Think about this, y'all. In a society of anxious people, and our society is anxious, the people in it are anxious, and, and, and because of what may be coming, like that could be increasing. In a society of anxious people, Imagine the impact that calm and courageous, aware and surrendered people can have when they're present and loving with people who maybe not. Like like imagine like what, if, if the kind of impact you and I can have if we're just calm and we're courageous, we have the peace of God in us and we're aware of all the things, like we, we know what the, the challenges are. We know that people aren't, it's not all like sh- shine, sunshine and rainbows. We know that people are struggling, but we're surrendered to the king We know that he's he's the one we point people to. And and if we were with them and loving them, imagine the impact that can have for people who are not calm, who, who are struggling with cowardice, who want to just put their heads in the sand, who are not surrendered to Jesus, who haven't had anybody be present with them. It's been a long time since anyone has loved them in a tangible way. Imagine the impact that we can have with people like that. It really just comes down to that. Are we willing to be those people? Because here's the thing. Anxiety can spread. It does. Like, think about it. In, in any group, like, you know, you, you, we've all got that family member. And if you don't, it's you. You, know? you walk, like they walk into the room and, the, you know, they've had some stuff happen to them that week. And it's just, y'all just trying to have a family dinner, you know, just trying to be chill. But they make it all about them And they are so wound up and and like you just can't help but start like, oh, like I just, I walk away from that experience just like a little bit just irritated, right? Because anxiety can spread. But here's the other thing. You know what else can spread? Hope. Hope is contagious too. Hope is contagious too. So, okay, what does this look like? We're we're braiding all of these things together, calm and courageous, aware and surrendered, present and loving, into a a, a, just a people who are surrendered to the king. And if we do this, calm and courageous, aware and surrendered, present and loving, no matter what we face, then, then we will be a walking testimony of the goodness of God when we honor him in troubling times, and that's how you do it. We will be a walking testimony of the goodness of God when we honor him in troubling times. Because when we when we are that, when we're calm and courageous, aware and surrendered, present and loving, then we are pointing people to a greater reality. That even though what they are facing right now is so frustrating and so difficult and so overwhelming, we're pointing them to a reality that is beyond all of this and that is God is on the throne. And they can have access to peace when they surrender to him. When we braid all of these things together, that's what results. So, okay, here's the question. How do we how do we do that? Like, okay, where do we start to become calm and courageous, aware and surrendered, present and loving? I want to give you just three very practical things. Because I know, like, I'm, I'm trusting the Holy Spirit's going to give you something very specific to your situation. Um, but let me give you these general things that, that are some deeper application. Okay, so where do we start? We start with our vertical relationship with God. Um, maybe some of you you grew up in, in, and you it was instilled in you to have a quiet time and that 's a really good idea like i'm i 'm for that right like a quiet time is where you sit down and and or you can stand too, but uh, you sit down and you read the word and you pray you spend that time maybe in the beginning of your day or the end of your day or in the middle of your day whatever and and you spend that time with God right you and jesus just just being together um and that and that 's great but here's here 's the truth that sometimes we miss as Christians today, is that God is with us at all times. Not just during our quiet time, but all the time. Like, he is with us. So there's this thing called, and I've talked about it before, practicing the presence of God is the way. Where we, we solidify our vertical relationship with God. When we, when, okay, practicing the presence of God, um, because, because we need to remind ourselves, this is what it is, we remind ourselves that he is with me. We, That's that's the first step. Remind God is with me. Okay, Holy Spirit is indwelling me. He's with me. He's not abandoned me. He's with me. Okay, I might be going through a valley of the shadow of death, but I know a truth in that, that he is with me. Like, yes, he he may not take away the pain, but he's going to be with me through the pain. Um, He may not take away the burden, but he's going to help me carry it. Okay, I, I remember that God is with me, but also we invite him to be a part of what it is that we're doing in that day. Like, whether that be at work. Like, I know. Like, okay, you might be working on some calculations or something, like some project. Okay, Jesus, I invite you into this. Holy Spirit, be with me. Um, that, that may sound weird, and, and, and it's hard to do because, you know, we get focused on all the things. Um, but here's the thing, like, for an example. It, it's easy for me to be like, okay, Holy Spirit, please speak through me um, because I'm getting up on stage, and I'm going to open your word, and I'm going to be preaching. I, I need you with me, right? I need you to do this. But then... It's it's also a good idea to as I'm on my way home from maybe a long day of work, and I'm coming home. And I've got four kids, and they all had school, and and my wife is in school as well, and and maybe there's some stress in the in the house that never happens to us, you know. But maybe I'm going into a, a hostile environment sometimes, uh, you know. Uh, but but it's, it's stress. Okay, God, please. Please be with me as I come in. Help me not to be just irritated, but help me to be a calm and courageous, aware and surrendered, present and loving presence in my household today. Help me to play with my kids, not just to see them as a as an irritant or like get you know a taskmaster getting their stuff done. Like help help me. Practicing the presence of God. God, you're with me. Please help me in this. So that's the first thing. Vertical relationship with God. All right, second thing, and this is hard, I don't have Enough time to do this justice, but I'm gonna to attempt to give you something. Um, where where we tend to have agitation and we tend to have frustration is in our horizontal relationships with people. Alright? Just like I said, like sometimes we get to a point we're like, we're done peopling. We're just done. Okay, so what do we do about that? Because in a in a anxious society, guess what you're gonna encounter? Anxious people. And and last time I checked, when I'm most anxious, I'm not at my best and I'm not so much focused on how I can love somebody else but I'm very much focused on me and my problems and so that's the kind of people we're going to be encountering at work and and at play and at school and all those things. So what do we do in that? Okay, there's this thing in family systems theory called differentiation, okay? Differentiation. This is the idea, um, so this is to contrast with um, enmeshment relationally and, and detachment. So enmeshment is where like you believe that if, if someone uh, around you is not good, then you're automatically not good either because you're the fix-it person. You're the person who always feels like you need to fix everyone's problems. And if they're not good, you're not good. And if, if maybe they're having a bad day, then that means you're automatically not having a bad day and it's probably your fault. That's what enmeshment will tell you. On the other side is detachment, where a lot of us probably are. Detachment is the opposite of people pleaser. Detachment is where we've, we've kind of given up on peopleing, like full time. We're just kind of like, that's our gig. You know, we're just done. And we, we look at the world and we armchair quarterback it. You know, we're not, we're not calm and courageous. We're agitated and cowardly. And we, we just like, you know, I'm done with people. I just, I watch them and they're, they're dumb and I don't want anything to do with them. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remove my heart from any relationship that I have with them. This could be on an individual level or that could just be where your heart is. right, so I'm I'm detaching. So um, when they're struggling, I don't feel it. When they're they're excited, I don't care. Um, When they're struggling, that's your problem. Differentiation is this kind of place in the middle. Differentiation is where, okay, it's a 3 prong approach. So first, it's being aware of the anxiety that is inside of me. Inside of yourself. The anxiety that is inside of yourself. Because you know, and I know, maybe it's a, a, a fast heartbeat, it's a, it's a lot of tension in the shoulders, whatever it is for you, like there's physiologically, uh, there, are, there are symptoms of you're being anxious right now. You're, you're worried. You're, you're kind of, you're starting to gear up, right? Like you're just starting to, mm. so you, you're aware of that. A lot of us, we operate like we're not aware of that. So start to be aware of the stuff that's happening inside of you and you resist allowing that to spread to other people. Not, it's not to say that you don't externalize and talk about what you're feeling, but there's a difference between talking about what you're feeling and let your feelings talk for you. I'll say that again. There's a difference between talking about what you're feeling and letting your feelings talk for you. So, so there's differentiation. The first step is uh, I'm aware of what's going on in me. Second is I'm aware of the uh, anxiety that I can notice in other people. And when they walk into the room and they're anxious... I don't allow that to infiltrate my heart and make me anxious. But the third part is I stay connected to them. Which is really hard. It's really hard to be in the middle of a room or in, in, in a room with someone who's hurting, who's someone who's, um, who's who's stressed out of their mind, they're freaked out, and, and that not to make you freaked out. It's, it's really hard. Um, people go through training to... To be able to do this, especially in very traumatic situations, chaplains, um, counselors, um, you know, a lot of times first responders, um, because this is hard. And so, in a, in a society that is increasingly becoming more anxious, how do we become calm and courageous, aware and surrendered, present and loving? Will we stay connected to them? Because salt of the earth, salt needs to be connected in order for it to do its work. But, but we're in the world, not of the world. Because we get our hope and our peace from Jesus. Not from whether or not they like us. Whether or not they agree with us. But we can, we can be calm with them. That changes things. Uh, Steve Cuss, he, he has this quote, Anxiety stops us from seeing what is really true. Um, you know, when you're highly anxious, it can, it can stop you from seeing that, that the people around you love you when they do. It can, it can start to make you believe, Okay, where is God in all this? Make you start to believe that you're not good enough to do the job that you have, like you just anxiety can make you stop, stop believing what is true. Um, so, so it's our vertical relationship with God, our horizontal relationship with others, and then we need to remind ourselves of the power of God. Here's the thing, some two theological words to remember. God is transcendent, and God is imminent. So God is transcendent, which means he's beyond all things. He is not bound by time and space. He is beyond all of this. Okay, So he is outside of this, but he's transcendent, but he's also imminent, which means he is here. He is there. He is all around this world. He is present. So what that means is we remember that God is beyond this. This is not too big of a thing for him. He is all-powerful and all-knowing. And he's also all present. He is imminent. So that means that when we are faced with some kind of trial or situation, we remember that God is with me. And also, when we are worried about what's going on around the world, when we're worried about some foreign nation uh, maybe uh, posturing to, to go to war with us, we remember that God is not only with me here, but he's with them over there and that he has the ability to change their hearts just like he changed mine. That that okay, when I'm worried about technology and Silicon Valley and whatever they, it is that they're developing, I remember that God is also there and He's able to change hearts there. Uh, God is God is with me here, and He's also there, wherever there you're referring to, and He is powerful to change things. So so I don't know what the future holds, but but but, but I know who holds the future. And he's got the ability to hold it all in his hands. And he's going to, uh, he may not like just make everything just utopian because that's not promised. But he will be with you in the midst of it. No matter how dystopian it gets. So, so as we close, I want to remind, I want to help us as a, as a church, as a, as a group, to remind our hearts of this reality, that God is imminent. So what I'm going to ask you to do is to stand right now, stand. And, and we're going to recite and read together Psalm 121, 1 through 4, which talks about the eminence of God and the fact that we can have our hope in him. Okay? So we're going to read this together. Psalm 121, 1 through 4. This is what it says. Verse 1. Read with me. I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. Church, let that soak in. He's not sleeping on the job. None of this is beyond him. He's worthy of your trust. He's worthy of your adoration, and he's worthy of trusting him in how to live in the midst of a world that is ever-changing and increasingly becoming more anxious. He's given us the way. We just got to trust him enough and have the courage enough to follow him on the steps. We are walking testimonies of the goodness of God when we honor him in troubling times. That's true, church. Let's live like it is. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love and your the, the gift that you gave to each and every one of us through Jesus, that you took on our guilt and shame, that you freed us from all of that and you have made a way for us to be calm and courageous, aware and surrendered, present and loving in a world like this. God, uh, this world isn't all bad. Life isn't all filled with just despair and and I don't want us to... To, to walk away from this uh, thinking that way. But, but God, there are some challenges ahead. There are some challenges that each and every one of us are dealing with today. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to invade all of those things, all of, all of those worries, all of those struggles. Um, invade our hearts and take over. Lead us to be good witnesses of yours as we point people to your kingdom. Because God, we want people to have hope just like we have. Please help us to trust you. We love you, Jesus. We trust you. We follow you. Please hear us as we sing. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast by First Church of Christ in Bluffton, Indiana. For more information, visit FCCFamily.com.